This is your Yahoo Finance Market Watch. This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. You know, some things take a lot of work, like sending little robots to far off distant planets. And just as that's challenging, so too is running a successful e-commerce business, especially when there's so much to do. So I want to introduce you all to ShipStation. Now, I love using ShipStation because of its easy-to-use dashboard, which makes managing orders and printing labels a breeze and super smooth. Oh, and the customer service is just out of this world. It's exactly what you need to help grow your business. Sign up for your free 60-day trial at ShipStation.com slash technews. That's ShipStation.com slash technews. News. This is Yahoo Finance Daily, a daily update on the top business, finance, and stock market news from around the world. Let's jump into today's stories. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from TD Ameritrade. Everything's customizable these days. Your trading platform can be too. With Thinkorswim, you can customize screeners, charting, and stock forecasts so the market is always tailored to you. You can get started at tdameritrade.com slash thinkorswim. GameStop Earnings Inflation Data. What to know in the week ahead. Traders this week will turn their attention to another set of inflation data, though signs of a pronounced rise will likely be elusive for at least another month. A handful of earnings reports are also set for release. On Friday, the U.S. Bureau of Economic Analysis will release its report on February Personal Consumption Expenditures, or PCE, or the change in value of goods and services purchased by the U.S. consumer. The core measure of PCE, which excludes more volatile food and energy prices, serves as the Federal Reserve's preferred gauge of underlying inflation in the U.S. economy. Consensus economists expect to see headline PCE to rise by just 0.3% month-over-month to match January's tepid rate. Core PCE likely rose by an even smaller margin or by 0.1% following a 0.3% January rise, according to Consensus. And over last year, core PCE is expected to have risen by only 1.5%, holding well below the Federal Reserve's 2% target as it has for years. But with the post-pandemic economic recovery underway, and not to mention trillions more pumped into the economy via the latest coronavirus relief package, many investors have been nervously looking for signs of rapid inflation. This, some fear, might prompt a tightening of financial conditions by the Federal Reserve and an increase in borrowing costs for companies and consumers. Signs of core PCE inflation are likely to start pushing decidedly higher this spring, since the year-over-year data will lap the depressed level from the same period in 2020 when the start of the coronavirus pandemic weighed pronouncedly on economic activity. Given these base effects, the Federal Reserve has maintained that inflation this year will be transitory and will attenuate in the coming years. Still, the Fed earlier this month upgraded its outlook for core PCE inflation to 2.2% this year from the 1.8% rise it saw in its December projection. The Fed has targeted 2.0% core PCE inflation but has suggested it would tolerate above-target inflation for some time to compensate for years of undershooting in inflationary pressures. Liftoff will not occur until the Fed becomes convinced this year's temporary increase in inflation has been followed up by a more persistent inflation push modestly above its 2% target. 
This implies actual inflation will need to push beyond 2% for an extended period before the Fed will consider hiking short rates. Stephen Rusciuto, U.S. Chief Economist for Mizuho Securities USA, said in a note on Friday, Given the Fed's recent forecast calls for its key inflation measure, the personal consumption expenditures deflator to average only 2.0% to 2.2% in 2023, liftoff is likely to occur later than is generally expected. Still, markets have suggested they will need to see more proof. The benchmark 10-year Treasury yield broke to a more than one-year high of 1.75% last week, climbing by nearly 50 basis points from levels one month ago in anticipation both of a strong economic recovery and of firming inflation. The Fed tends to think as an economist, and economists look through changes over time. Markets tend to live more in the moment. Mohamed El Aryan, Allianz chief economic advisor, told Yahoo Finance on Thursday, If inflation is going up, the marketplace is saying, I'm not so sure it's transitory. Prove to me it's transitory, and that's the difficulty the Fed has, he added. We are seeing supply bottlenecks multiply, and for me, I do think inflation will go up. I do think it's not going to be a permanent inflationary process, but the market is not going to look through that as easily as the Fed would like it to. GameStop Earnings While the fourth quarter corporate earnings season has slowed down, a small number of notable companies are still set to report results this week. GameStop, the poster child for the latest surge in retail investor interest in the stock market, is set to report fourth quarter results Tuesday afternoon. However, in the eyes of many Wall Street analysts, GameStop shares have not been trading according to fundamentals like earnings results this year. Instead, shares have been pushed astronomically higher by a frenzy of speculative interest among traders, many of whom have convened on forums like Reddit to discuss the potential for the stock. The stock was identified as a target for a short squeeze in January due to its elevated short interest, prompting a flood of purchases to force shorts to cover their bets and push the stock still higher. The stock peaked at $483 intraday on January 28th after closing the final trading day of 2020 at just $18.84. Shares have since come back down to $202.44 apiece, holding on to a year-to-date gain of 970%. With a market capitalization hovering around $14 billion as of Friday, it has quickly vaulted to become one of the biggest companies in the small-cap Russell 2000 index. The volatile trading prompted two hearings from the House Financial Services Committee, as well as increased scrutiny into the trading platform Robinhood, which temporarily restricted trading in GameStop and some other stocks in January as a result of the unprecedented volatility. But while speculative interest has been cited as the primary driver of GameStop's stock moves over the past three months, news from the company itself has also catalyzed changes in the stock price. GameStop announced in early February that it had brought on Matt Francis, a former engineering leader from Amazon Web Services, as its first-ever chief technology officer. Later that month, the company announced its chief financial officer Jim Bell would be resigning, news that was taken as a positive by investors on social media and catalyzing a more than doubling in the stock at the time. Some investors have purported that GameStop was a long-term investment and recovery play after a week 2020 when the coronavirus pandemic decimated business for it and other brick-and-mortar retailers. 
Keith Gill, the user known as Roaring Kitty on some social media platforms, and whose posts and comments have been viewed as a galvanizing force behind the GameStop rally, told the House Financial Services Committee in February that he believed the company had a unique opportunity to pivot toward a technology-driven business, and that, by embracing the digital economy, GameStop may be able to find new revenue streams that vastly exceed the value of its business. Most Wall Street analysts, however, are not convinced. The stock had zero buy, four hold, and three sell ratings as of Friday, according to Bloomberg data. Some firms, including Loop Capital Markets, suspended coverage of the stock in the wake of the January rally, citing a massive disconnect between the stock's fundamentals and valuation. Consensus analysts expect GameStop to report revenue of $2.21 billion for the three months ending in January. That would mark a rise of 1% over the same period last year and end an eight-quarter streak of declining revenues. Adjusted earnings likely totaled $1.43 per share, according to consensus estimates. Net income likely totaled $106.9 million in the fourth quarter, though the company is expected to still post its third consecutive full-year net loss at $188.7 million. For more live coverage of business, finance, and stock market news, please visit yahoofinance.com. We'll be back tomorrow morning with your daily update. So until then, thanks for listening. Spoken Layer. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.